Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest team building podcast. Well, thank you for coming back on the second day of any Vegas conference um, at 9 a.m. So appreciate that. We have all the coffee in the back. And thank you for the thousands of people that are actually already live streaming this right now. So uh, we're super excited. Um, day one was really interesting. We, um, um, man, the, the Google insights were, were, were fascinating. Um, my big takeaways from that were, A, 7,000 years of video were watched uh, around home tours just in the past couple years, uh, calendar years, which is kind of mind-blowing. In addition to that, more, maybe even more importantly, was uh, the millennials were influencing the baby boomers. The, 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 the younger generation was actually changing the older generation's buying behaviors. And I think there's some insight into us as we're thinking about the next largest um, collection of home buyers in the country uh, and what their behaviors are. So that was pretty interesting. We've got a really exciting agenda today. We've got uh, best-selling author, Jay Papazan. We've got top, got top agents across the country. We've got Facebook. We've got more partners here. Uh, that I think should be a, a really um, jam-packed day. Uh, we do have somewhat of a, a, a special announcement today as well. Um, we're constantly, uh, as Kevin Williams uh, in conversation with, with agents across the country around you know, their businesses and, and seeing where they want to affiliate. And we're excited that um, today we're, t- we're announcing a, a large agent team that's decided to affiliate with um, Keller Williams. Uh, this is one of the fastest growing teams um, in the country, uh, going from 70 to 700 sides in the past uh, six years. Um, they're actually the, currently the number one agent team at Berkshire and they've done over a billion dollars in volume and over 5,000 units. And so uh, I'd like to introduce Jeff Cohen, who's joining the Kellogg's family. So I don't want to, um, super, we're super excited that you're deciding to join the Kelly Williams family. But what I really think, want to spend some time with you on is you've built a really big real estate business. Um, and you've gone from being kind of, you know, an agent to running kind of a, you know, a, a multifaceted business with lots of companies. What does that journey look like? And if you were to go back to your original self and tell, you, tell your original self, like, this is now, knowing now what I know, this is what I would have done differently, or this is how I've seen the world, or this, this is how I've done business planning differently. What would, you, what, what would your insights be there? Yeah. One of the things I've discussed, first off, thank you for the opportunity here today, you guys, Josh team again, amazing president of the company. It's been awesome being able to spend time with Josh and Gary. Um, Mark King has played an integral role in bringing us over, and Paul Richardson and a handful of others. So we just are so appreciative to be on this stage with you guys today. Thank you. Pleasure. So I was checking out at a Lowe's home improvement store uh, maybe six years ago. And I asked the gentleman that was checking me out he, how he was doing. And he said, I'm living the dream. And you hear that used a lot. And at the time, I was a rainmaker agent, 
um, doing 70 deals by myself, working 80 hours a week, sacrificing too much in my personal life. And so for me, I started to discover that it wasn't about the money. It was obviously about being the best that I could be, just like the quote on the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book. But more so, it was about influencing and impacting the life of others. And to me, true leaders serve their followers by teaching them and supporting them in becoming just like them, a true entrepreneur in the space. While the traditional broker, I feel like, takes advantage of an agent and makes them a cog on a wheel, it's been my goal to teach an agent to break away from that and reach their full potential. Okay. Well, and when you go back to, um, when, you're, when you're working with these agents and helping them uh, as you're building that business, you know, what, where do you see the biggest opportunity in thinking of your real estate business as a business and trying to get it to the next level versus how maybe agents are first entering that conversation? Where do you see the, the biggest opportunity so for, for the thousands of agents right now yeah. watching and asking, you know, I'm working on my 2020 plans, I'm working on my 2020 yeah. goals, what should I be focusing on and how should I be thinking about that? You need to be focused on a business. I think Keller Williams has always said it best that they're a coaching consulting company that serves agents and now they're a tech company that includes coaching and consulting that serves agents. So we own a coaching organization. We have over 150 coaching clients within that organization. And it's always our focus to help each and every team within that organization create leverage. And by creating leverage, it gives more people more opportunity. That was the main reason we chose to partner with the Keller Williams family, as we felt like Keller Williams agents were the most educated when it comes to expansion, not only with the footprint of the real estate team, but also the ancillary businesses. Got it. And when we were talking, you've also had kind of a model, a framework that you think about your business in. And this is kind of like your, you told me your battle cry for 2019. Yeah. What is that? Walk us through that for a little bit. Yeah, so we call it CLASS. Um, we have a keynote you can watch online. It's CLASS, and it stands for Culture, Lead Gen, Accountability, Systems, and Strategies to Building and Scaling a Dominant Real Estate Team. Culture is such a cliche. Culture is truly an extension of the leader. Most of us would agree with that. Uh, but then having the component in which you create leads, but more so than just leads, you help the agent to find where they personally can be the well, most let's, successful. Let's stay really quick on the culture. So. Yeah. Because I think culture is extremely important. You know, Mo Anderson, actually, I'm going to quote her. because She said something that really, I think it says it perfect, which is we're always building bricks of value, right? In our businesses, in our moats, we're building whatever that, whatever our business is, we're building lots of bricks of value. Culture is kind of that mortar that sticks, everything sticks together and then makes it like a, a, an integrity wall that makes it, you know, you know, stands the test of time. How do you... How do you measure culture? How do you, how do you know if it's real or not? Or how do you know if it's yeah. more of a cliche thing that we, we have a vision statement on the wall somewhere yeah. that we say that's our culture? Like, how, how do you ascertain that? So number one to me, when you talk about career visioning, I think you guys have a whole course on that. One has to help each person within the organization, agents and staff alike, define their why. If people don't know their why, they shouldn't be going to work every day. So when it comes to culture, first and foremost, anyone that comes into any of our business ventures, they need to define the person that they want to become. And then we need to show them and they need to ask themselves within our organization, can they become the best version of themselves? And if the answer is no, they should leave. So I know if my culture is doing well based on who I'm retaining and if they're growing. If they're not growing, they're in the wrong space. So what I actually hear you saying is if, if I'm thinking about my 2020 plan, the first question I should be asking right now is what's my big why? And then what's everyone on my team's big why? And we should start the conversation there. They then ask the question, what are the activities and goals we need to achieve to fulfill that life that we have worth living? Exactly. Yep. And reverse engineering that. And it's the onus, I believe, is on us as the team leader to help each agent within, within the organization, number one, define their why. Number two, define how much income they need to generate to live and lead that life. We don't have minimums on our team. Each agent defines their minimum based on how much income they need to earn based on the life that they want to live 12 months to five years out. And then it's our job to coach, consult, train, retain, 
um, create the culture and environment for them to be the best version of themselves. But it's not our job to tell them the life that they need to live. So let's get into the leads. So what is the, walk me through the leads. Yeah. So you know, leads come from lots of different places. Uh, right now, we generate over 2,000 leads a month. We uh, give those leads. How do you do that? Uh, we spend about $10,000 a month in Google Ads, Facebook Ads, Craigslist, and organic. Do they all relatively convert the same for you, or do you see better no. performance? Internet leads, typically, what you'll see nationwide is less than half of 1%. We average about 2%. But what we found is the point of diminishing returns with- well, Hold on, hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so we've got- Josh told me I'm going to talk too fast. He's going to slow me up. No, no. We only have 14 minutes, 16 seconds. Come on, Josh. No. The... <laughs> nice. Um, all right, so we've got Facebook. You said Google. Um, does that include like Instagram and YouTube? Or are you just doing Google everything? Um, eight years ago, a good friend of mine, Frank Klesitz, said you don't need to rely on Google if you build your own Google. So this whole data play that Gary Keller and you and everybody else is big into, I've believed in it since eight years ago. We started our database with about 500 people from my SOI. Today we have over 300,000 people in our CRM. It's pretty amazing. And that's only because all we did was every time someone registered, anytime we did a deal, we just put it in the database and captured all their contact information. And, and, and really quick, because I'm going to come back to the leads, we're going to talk about the, the conversions. But I think what the interesting thing that you and I, as we've talked about, why building a database is so important. And, and whether you're using Excel spreadsheet, Post-it cards, Post-it notes, it doesn't really matter. I think obviously using you know, systems and technology make that easier. But whatever your data, wherever your database lives, the important part is there's a, there's a truth, which is if you have a healthy database, meaning these are real humans that you have some connection with, and that database gets big enough, you get to a point where you don't, you're not dependent on lead genning to generate business because you have enough people that are cycling through enough inventory that that becomes where 90% of your business originates from. And that's, that's, what you, that's what I hear you saying when you say, I want to build my own Google, which is I have an ecosystem and a healthy enough business with a healthy enough database where these aren't just contacts that I'm buying and contacting and that I never talk to again. These are people that I have relationships with and I'm constantly trying to provide value around home ownership around the neighborhoods. Is that right? Let me jump in here. So my belief is when an agent first joins an organization, they typically don't have that SOI. So their focus should be a third of their time and a third of their results should come from internet leads. A third of their time and a third of their results should come from direct outbound prospecting efforts like knocking doors and open houses. And a third of their time should be spent working their sphere of influence. Over time, your SOI grows. But you can't assume when someone first comes into your organization, their SOI will be large enough to feed them. And to me, that's the re um, responsibility of the leader of the organization from a brokerage level or a team level to help provide that agent leads until they get to a point in their business where they can focus on their SOI. We show our agents if they focus on SOI, they'll net more money. But you can't create more people in an SOI, whereas you can create more people when it comes to internet leads by literally pushing a button and spending money. Makes sense. So let's go back to that. So you spend roughly $10,000 a month. And we as loose through my marketing service agreements and the ancillary businesses we own, we did zero base our marketing spend um, and our admin costs through different But there's $10,000 going out, however it comes from, yeah. going out to generate leads. Yes, sir. Now, is that like spread equally? Were you like 3,300 to Google, 3,300 nope. to Facebook? No, sir. So at the end of each year, we track ROI and ROT. A lot of people like to talk return on investment. We're focused not only on that, but on return on time because it's our responsibility to serve the agent the same way you would serve the consumer, which is to help the agent make the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of energy. So it's not just about leads, it's also the types of leads that they can convert at the fastest level. And what we've discovered- So you're saying there is if I generate a Craigslist lead at a penny, but it takes me 10 times longer, and I generate a Facebook lead for a quarter, but it takes me like one call and I convert, the Facebook lead, even though it's more expensive, yep. is the better investment. 
Yes, sir. So when you start getting into predictable analytics and tracking this, we've been using a product called Sisu, S-I-S-U, to track all of this. We can see for each individual agent where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are. I think was it the Loken Group yesterday was speaking to this exact thing. So when you have KPIs, you now can examine each individual's business, not just your business as a whole. And one agent might need a little bit more work with dialogue, while another agent just needs to have a, a bigger SOI to engage with. But it shows you the areas that you can help train and hold your agents accountable in that will help them get better results. So you, you go through an analysis where you say, what's our, our cost per lead, our cost per conversion, and our, our time investment? And that formula kind of tells you where you... Where you, where you yep. So I'll break it down right now. So Good. it takes us five clicks to get some... Or sorry, 10 clicks on our site. It's a dollar a click to get one person to register. So it costs me $10 for one person to register. And I need 50 people right now because what I was saying earlier, the point of diminishing returns with lead outlay from the internet is 30 leads per agent per month. And if you do that, you can close at 3%. And these are numbers based on the last eight years of our team's success. And so we're giving too many leads away because we don't have enough agents within our Omaha market that want to work the internet leads at the level we require them to work the leads to get the 3% result. So breaking the numbers down, right now we need to get 50 leads to get one executed contract. So 10 people click, I get um, one lead every 10 clicks, and then I need 50 clicks to be able to get um, one sale. So ultimately it cost me $500 to convert one deal at an average sales price of about 220,000. Average commission 6,000 at a 50-50 split. I retained three. You'd say that 500 goes to cost, but it doesn't because we zero base it. So I net $3,000 per side that comes off of the internet. So you definitely know your numbers. Um, the question I have too is that you're saying that internet leads generally convert at about a half a percent is what you're seeing. And you guys are able to double that to 1%. Quadruple it to uh, 2%. 2%, sorry. So what do you, what do you, what do you do to make that happen? Yeah, number one is we train our agents every single week. So we have two hours of agent training. One is topical every Monday, and then one is dialogue every Wednesday. We also are give our agents the ability to be a hybrid agent in which they can engage with all of our training content live online through a stream similar to the ones that people are taking advantage of today and interact with the trainers live via this hybrid. We do it all in live stream. We have an amazing operations manager, Kevin McGowan, that was able to set all of that up for us. The agent of the future is going to demand a hybrid option where they can do everything virtually from an app and have a physical space to go to to help with culture. So what I hear you saying is the reason you can convert better is because you invest more in making sure that your agents are trained, educated, and understand best practices. We're a coaching and training and consulting organization that just so happens to sell real estate, and now technology is our focus going into the next decade. Sounds familiar. All right. <laughs> we really want to be the fiduciary, but all right, let's keep, let's keep walking down the, your, 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 um, your class. Let's get to the A. So we've done culture and leads. Accountability. So Andy Cuny, our success manager, um, Andy's going to be working as a broker in the new Keller Williams office that we're partnering with. And Andy meets with every team leader every week for 15 minutes. And when you hear accountability, a lot of people have a negative connotation of what accountability means, like it's going to be a negative experience. For us, we flipped it upside down. When we have our team accountability meetings, and I ask an agent what their call goal was that week based on the income that they wanted to be able to generate, each person defines their own call goal. If they fall short of their call goal, I don't ask them why they fell short of their call goal. I ask them which item they'd like to take off their vision board. Because it, right? So it's not my responsibility that they make the call. My responsibility is to help them plug into a vehicle to allow them to be successful selling real estate. More money, less time, less energy, the same goal that I have as I serve the consumer. Love that. So from an accountability standpoint, it's the responsibility of our success manager, and I know in your world, I think you call them productivity coaches, um, to meet with all the agents every week. And we're not just focused on the KPIs, 
Obviously, that's important, but we're also asking them if they are generating the income, are they living and leading the life of their dreams? Are they buying the new car they said they'd buy? Are they going on the trip they said they'd go on? Are they spending more time with their dog like they said they were going to do? Because if they're not doing all of those things, then they have no business being part of the organization. We're not here to just help people put ones and zeros in their bank account. We're here to change people's lives. Love that. So what's the next, what's the next component in that, in that class? Yeah, so it's accountability. Um, so culture leads accountability systems and strategies. Obviously, the platform that Gary Keller and Josh and everyone has built out is the future. The real question is, we each in this room have to vote. And I'm always looking at what vote I'm going to cast. And the vote we cast is the brokerage we choose to align with and the people that choose to align with us. And so I've been looking at Keller Williams as an option for quite some time now. I've read every book, starting with Millionaire Real Estate Agent, Millionaire Real Estate Investor, The One Thing, Shift, um, Flip, Hold, and the list goes on and on. It's really interesting. I happened to go to FSO recently, and they said, what other brokerage has ever published a book? What other brokerage is known for any quotes? And no offense if you're at another brokerage. I'm currently legally at another brokerage right now. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. I said I wouldn't say their name. I'll just say the traditional brokerage. Guys, this is the future. The, the, oh my gosh. The consumer is going to demand a technological advancement in the space. They already are. And the real true question is, who do we want to be? The fiduciary in the center of the transaction or the person at the back end of the transaction getting paid a salary? And my belief is we want to best conserve the consumer. We have to be at the center of the transaction and the platform that's getting built and the platform that the public will demand is a custom experience where both the agent and the consumer can plug in. And that is exactly what you built. So, all right. So now we're at a event called Future. So I'm going to put you on the spot. We are recording. Where does the, in, in, call your, in five years, vision cast out. What's the biggest difference in the industry five years from today? Yeah, I think we're going to see a blockbuster slash Netflix experience. So it used to be fun to go into the store to rent the movie. Who here went into a blockbuster at some point? National audience members, raise your hand. Most of us. It's fun, right? You got to see all the covers, the movies, whenever they're on release date. Um, The experience wasn't custom at all. You got to get some popcorn when you checked out. But now we can do that on Uber Eats. Super simple. The consumer is not going to want to have to go to 19 different offices to meet with their agent, their lender, the home inspector, the home warranty company, and all the other ancillaries that are part of the transaction. The consumer doesn't want to have to go to any place physically. They want to do everything virtually. So we have to create not only a virtual solution for the agent, but also the consumer in the next five years. And if we don't, we're dead. The only thing I would add on to that, I couldn't agree more, and and the way we think of that is we see that as a natural consolidation that's happening in the real estate space. We see that as there continues to be more and more players, the amount of people buying and selling homes is not changing. So you have the fixed amount of available dollars across everything, real estate, mortgage, everything. And so what you're seeing is as these companies have to continue to grow, there's consolidation happening where every company is doing a little bit more of everything else. And that the, the ultimate winner in that race, and if you sit back and look at what, you know, what Zillow's doing, you can sit back and look at what um, every single large company is doing, there's a race to see who's gonna bundle that experience first and create a consumer experience. Now, we strategically believe, and it, it serves us to believe this, but we actually do believe this in the data supports this, that consumers prefer an agent first experience. And the reason we know that is because in the most powerful real estate market the world's ever seen, with more technology and data at the fingertips of every consumer, more consumers choose to use an agent now than ever before. So they're voting with their pocketbooks that agents provide the best experience. Now the question is, if that's true, 
Who's going to create the bundled experience around the agent? To your point, the agent can provide that one-stop shop to create a better experience for the consumer. Yeah. And that's the whole game. Yeah. That's the entire, uh, you know, that's, that's the entire chessboard. Yeah. And you see every company from mortgage to title, to the aggregators, to the real estate companies, there's one or two companies in each of those spaces trying to do that. Yep. The consumer is going to do business with the individual who they know, like, and trust. That's never going to change. And so with our database, we have to continue to get them to know, like, and trust us. You talked about some of the conversational mediums. Some of the best are still way underutilized, handwritten notes. I think there's not a better thing someone could do than send me a handwritten note. I'm opening it. Everyone opens that. No one opens an email, right? Text messages, instant messages, lots of different ways to stay in contact. But I do believe that everyone's going to want that one-stop shop solution. Um, another thing that I'll mention is I think that up to this point, the brokerages have been the ones that were empowered to offer the ancillaries. But as teams continue to grow in size, if you watch the trends with team growth over the years, this is one of the main reasons we started the team building podcast. So we could focus on teaching entrepreneurs how to build and scale dominant businesses while changing people's lives. I see the agent and the team leader creating the ancillary business. So mortgage, insurance, title, and a, a slew of other business options are available to us if we do it the right way. And so that is another reason we're joining the Keller Williams family. We see in the next five years, 100 expansion locations, not just expanding with the residential real estate commission as the profit, but also all the other ancillary businesses that are tied to the real estate transaction. I love that. All right, another, another, hypo, another, uh, another question for you. What do you think the biggest technical change from a technology perspective in an agent's business between now and in five years? I think Kelly's pretty cool. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't used her very just, much, just, just across, but I'm excited. Not, not Kelly Williams specifically, yeah. just across the industry. So to, in five years, when we're, when we're back at this event, we're talking, we're going, man, going back in time five yeah. years ago, we didn't do this. Yeah, or we'll do get, oh, let me geek out. So um, I, I joke with Kevin, my office manager, we'll always slide our glasses up. Artificial intelligence and predictable analytics is the future in any business. Technology is the future in the next decade. Being able to know the activity that the consumer does on the site that then directly correlates to they're ready to list a house, ready to buy a house, but taking it even further. Like we talked about yesterday on stage, they talked about when they start buying diapers at the store. Now we know there's probably a good chance they're going to end up buying a house. But what about when the mortgage interest rates drop half of 1% and now they're getting an automatic email from your team giving them an option to refi and it's now going to save them $500 a month for the next 30 years. There's so many other ancillaries like that that will connect with the predictable analytics that we can be a part of you know, providing that solution to the consumer. I'll make my prediction on piggybacking on yours, which is I believe that in five years right now, there's, there's a few companies doing some, some live predictive analytics like, like you're talking about, which is they've done these three things. We're like this. And for the most part, the dirty secret is those predictive algorithms don't outperform a coin flip, meaning if whatever question you want to ask, is this person going to buy or sell a home? Is this person going to convert into a lead? I can flip a coin for yes or no and be more accurate than the predictive algorithms right now. And we test these. So that's the dirty little secret. What I believe in five years, and then, and then what you've got is some of these algorithms being sold for a lot of money to top teams that can afford it. And you have this sort of small amount of people that have access to this kind of rich information, if you will, that is still evolving to getting better, better than a coin flip. I believe in five years, we'll look back and what you just said will be table stakes. That as the fiduciary role of the agent progresses, their access and information to that technology uh, and to the predictive analytics will be, will be no different than them having an agent website or then being on email, that that will become standard business, which is here's the interesting, the three interesting things about, uh, about this consumer that you should know, about the market you should know, about the trends that you should know. I believe that to be true.
I agree 100%. Closing remarks, closing remarks for everyone. You know, I just want to say to, to everyone in the Keller Williams family and everyone at this event, it, we are truly humbled for this opportunity. We have a lot to learn, a lot of growth we know that we have to implement and we can't do it without you. So I appreciate any support that you guys give to us. And if there's ever an opportunity where someone's interested in jumping on the podcast or having me speak, I'm here to help serve and build and be part of your community. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it.